0: Rate
1: and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps.
0: We are at South by Southwest 2022. We're with director David Siv from the documentary Bad Axe. Thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, David, can you tell our audience what Bad Acts is?
2: Mad X is, uh, is my feature length documentary debut. Um, and it's really a story about, uh, you know, family, hope, love, resilience, and, you know, the American dream and uh, what the American dream, you know, looks like, you know, in the year 2020 when we just all went through, you know, one of the most uncertain times uh, we ever have together. Um, so. Um, yeah, my my dad he's he's a Cambodian refugee who came here during the late uh, '70s, and my mom is Mexican American, and um, you know the two of them really laid the foundation. And uh, you know, as a family, we we built this American dream together. That being our restaurant, so um, uh, and it's located in the town of Badak. So uh, yeah, the film is is about our family and our restaurant, just trying to make it through some really tough, uncertain times.
1: David, you know, when it's all said and done, we, we will have covered 16 shorts, films, docs, narratives. And I, I think this was my favorite that we've covered. Um, it's so emotional, relatable. I was crying from being mad and angry. And then from also joy, like you kind of put us through the ringer in a good way. <laughs> um, and, and you've documented such an important time, not just for us mm-hmm. living through this pandemic, as Asian-Americans, but for your own family, which I would argue is even more important for them to have this this beautiful time capsule of this moment. Um, And I like how we see your family struggling with your decision to film them in real time on camera. Uh, But did you ever struggle with am I doing the right thing Or, or did you always know that there was a greater purpose for this film?
2: Yeah, I, I think I, I did struggle with it, you know, back and forth because, you know, I I knew it was like important for us to share our story and our perspective, but like at what cost does that come at, right? Like when you're getting phone calls from, from actual neo-Nazis and um, letters and, you know, people saying they're going to stop supporting your restaurant, you know, there comes a point where it's like, okay, like, do we continue on doing this? um or you know a real conversation came up like do we shelf this film for a few years when you know things maybe quiet down a little bit um but ultimately you know it was a decision that was made as a family and um that you know it was important for us to share our story and get it out there and i think that was something i always advocated for but no like internally it was like oh god I, i don't know if if this is the right thing to do but um, after, you know, just being in the edit for months and months on end and, you know, really hearing the feedback from, you know, my mom and my dad and Jacqueline, um, it really was like a, a, like a family effort um, to make this film. And, you know, as a director, you're in the driver's seat because you're getting pulled in so many different directions of my mom has this opinion. Jacqueline has this opinion. (laughs) Um, you know, Mike, my brother-in-law has this opinion and my fiance has this opinion. So, you know, you're, you're hearing everybody's ideas and they don't always like match up and agree with one another. Um, so for me, it was just important to make sure I was respectful to, uh, to everyone's input, but at the end of the day, you know, um, I'm the one who has to make those decisions of what to include and, and what not to include, but at the end of the day, it, it seems like we as a family felt like, you know, the story is the best it can be. And and I feel that way and um, that uh, it, it, it is really important for us to share a story and, and put it out there in the world.
0: Um, Speaking of decision-making, I was wondering, um, if, if you don't mind sharing, what was the decision to go back home to bad Axe um, with your now, now fiance, or you guys and now married? fiance? Yeah.
2: We're getting married in, in like two months. So,
0: Congrats. Oh, Congrats. but when, when did you guys make that decision? And was it an easy, easy decision to make?
2: You know, I, I think it was, That first week is just kind of a blur um, because we did just get off a cruise ship from. uh, Oh,
0: that's right. (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: We just got off a cruise ship and this was like the first week of March or something crazy. We go back to New York. My whole family goes back to Michigan. And um, while we were on the cruise is like when news, like when serious news started to break out about COVID and we're like, okay, like, let's let's watch this. Let's monitor this. And I remember when the cruise ship docked, we just like ran off because like we heard about other ships, you know, being, being stuck, I think like off the coast of like California and stuff. Uh, So we got off that cruise ship and then, so we came back to New York and we were here for like five days, just kind of talking about, okay, like what's going to happen? Like they just send us home from work. Um, and, And I think it was so uncertain that, um, I brought up the idea of going back to Bad Axe and my, my fiance, girlfriend at the time was like, I don't know, like, let's wait it out. And, you know, I'm talking to my dad, as you've seen in the film, like for him, he's, he's, he's all about survival, you know, like, this is what you need to do to survive. And I'm like, I really think we should go home. And eventually we both are like, all right, like, let's book a flight tomorrow, let's get out. Um, and so we packed our bags and we were like, uh, two of maybe six or seven people on the plane And and that was it. And we didn't know how long we were going to be there for. I mean, we knew we just wanted to be with family in case things were going to go bad. And, you know, bad X Michigan, you know, population, less than 3000 people, probably a lot safer than, than, and easier to get resources than, than being in, you know, New York city. Um, So it was just like an instinctual decision that, you know, as soon as we both agreed, I mean, we left the next day and, not knowing when we were gonna come back. Cause we just signed an apartment lease a week before this.
1: Oh, Um, of course, yeah. um, And
2: and, you know, there's nothing we could do about it. So we we paid for a very expensive storage unit for about,
1: You went on a cruise and you signed an apartment lease, like two of the worst things you could have done like, right with that time. At that time. <laughs> the timing is impeccable, David. Yes. Yeah, I'm, is
2: impeccable, yes.
1: No, but I'm glad you brought up Mike and your fiance because I kind of feel like Mike is an unsung hero in this oh. film. Because look, I come from a close knit, tight family, big family as well. And it's not easy to be the partner of somebody who's like, you don't understand. My family's (laughs) always going to be a top priority, you know, take it or leave it. Um, So I'm wondering if, you and your siblings, if they're, if your partners have all formed some sort of support group to deal <laughs> with when the family's going through it. Like, all right, let's go in our corner, in our safe corner. Yeah,
2: you know, I'm glad you bring up Mike is on some here. He's actually an executive producer on the film as well, too, uh, because he just handles like all business things for me. So credit to him. Um, and then, you know, my fiance is also my producing partner. Um, so, you know, she's been an instrumental part of the process along the way. Um, so, you know, the two of them actually, I feel like, um, very much have like a special bond that (laughs) nobody else in our family has because, you know, when all this commotion, all this tension is happening, it's really, it's just like them, like, Hey, like that was crazy. Like just kind of (laughs) decompressing, like with each other, but no, Mike, Mike, I mean, he's, he's the best, um. Yeah, just just such a supporter of of Jacqueline in so many ways. And you know, I think it's obvious in the film that Jacqueline's family comes first. And and not like in a bad way, but like in a way where I think that's what makes Mike so perfect is that he always knows that like the siblings and the parents come first. And I think it's just like a, a part of Asian culture in a in a w- weird way too, that that's kind of hard to explain, but um but no i mean he's an unsung hero my fiance also an unsung hero i mean uh i don't blame it when the two of them they just you know they have a special bond that that no one else quite will will have in our family which is which is kind of neat so
0: i mean i was rooting for mike's mustache i'll tell you what you can tell him (laughs) i was fine with it (laughs) you'll be happy to hear that yeah it's a good look
2: he just, you know, he, and, and that's like a, a, a part of the role he plays in the family. Like he, when, when tensions are high, like, you know, it, it's usually me or him that will be the one that tries to, to crack the joke. And um, uh, so, yeah, you know, that's, that's what he does. I mean, the mustache thing, it, it was like one of those moments where it's like, does the film need it? I mean, a lot of people said no, but for me, I'm like, no, I think it does. Like, I think it's important to show Mike's character. And I think it it, it was also just a. A nice, sweet moment where you like, you just see everybody in the room all at once, just kind of laughing over something so stupid, so.
0: But it was also like a pandemic thing. Remember everyone, yeah. all a lot of dudes were just- Everyone was, throwing yeah. Throwing all the things. Letting it hang No, Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, um, exactly. Yeah, it's just one at that moment in time, you're like, oh yeah, everyone was doing that too. Um, there's a lot of vulnerabilities in this film, um, mm-hmm. but your father's vulnerability Really was kind of the shining star. Um, I mean, Jacqueline's a whole other conversation. We're I'm gonna sure. get to and, Jacqueline. And she's gonna probably ask that question. <laughs> Can you talk about your dad's vulnerability when the camera was on him? Because yeah, I'm sure it wasn't easy, but he, no, he it, did it. it.
2: It wasn't. It wasn't easy. I mean, excuse me. Um, growing up, like we we rarely saw my dad ever get emotional. Um, I remember the first time I ever saw him cry was when my ma, my, my or my grandma um went to a uh, in a coma like a few months before she passed away and that was and it just burns in your memory for the first time when you see your 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 dad specifically cry and um you know these past two years it's just allowed him to um i think just one you know one part being at home and not having a whole lot to do has allowed him to really like sit with his thoughts and um especially with the pandemic just bringing back past trauma um and so the the camera, in a way, like it's it's so therapeutic for him. I mean, um he you know it, he is talking to me, you know, his son, but um, at the same time' it, it those moments are just so raw and real because these are things I've never heard before. these are when he admit that he has a problem in everything, I mean that's huge for him like like you know my dad was someone who i think suppressed emotions and his vulnerability for so long and like the process of making this film and and turning the camera on him i mean it's almost like he just wanted somebody to listen and i mean we were always there to listen but i mean it was it was just it was just so interesting like what pointing the camera did on him where he he just opened up so much and and it's great now you know like especially as he's becoming a grandpa like it's nice seeing him being so vulnerable and him knowing it's okay to be vulnerable and I think that's a big step with him putting this movie out there is you know I mean everybody looks at Chun as being you know that's that's a badass Bruce Lee Mm -hmm. Chun over there but he has a soft and vulnerable spot and and that comes from you know um, very much I think the background uh, of being like a refugee and having just experienced something completely different that none of us um, you know will ever have to so It was um, it was therapeutic for him, I think, making this film and just feeling like somebody was really listening and um, and now, you know, putting it out there. So.
1: I can't believe he'd never shared any of that with you before. That's insane. Um, And and what again, going back to what I said earlier, just how special this is just for your family to have this moment together, sure. capsulated in time. Um, but yes, let's talk about Jacqueline because we can't <laughs> leave without talking about her. She is such a badass. Um, and we see some really tough moments with her, just you know, tough family moments, but also the protest scene. Uh, yeah. and, and I wanted to know as, as the brother and director, what is it like for you to stand behind the camera and just not really be able to interact or help? Or, you know, did you have to fight with that or were you really focused on this is my job right now?
2: It, it, it was a battle because um, J- Jacqueline and I are, are incredibly close. And a lot of times when you see those fights between Jacqueline and my dad, I mean, you know, we had many of those fights during the pandemic. The ones we included the film just happened to be on camera. Um, so there are a lot of times where I do find myself. Almost playing the role of my mom and being like a mediator between uh, my dad and Jacqueline. And, you know, with Jacqueline, like, I think the bond we share is that um, I'm very much, we're very much able to like console in each other. Um, So, you know, those moments when I would have normally, you know, may have stepped in or, uh, have given my opinion. Um, it was a bit tough because it's like, cause I originally never intended myself to be part of, part of the film. You know, it just, that was just something that happened in the edit room. And, um, and so, you know, when those moments, those very vulnerable and raw moments happen, um, it was a juggle. It's like, okay, like, do I interject or do I just stand behind the camera and, you know, let these, these moments play out. And it, it, it was kind of like a little bit of both, you know, like, um, I would have to put the camera down like after the fights and like Jacqueline and I would talk about it. And like you kind of hear a little bit of that talk while she's driving home after that second, after the after the fight at the restaurant. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it was a challenge, you know, playing that role of brother versus like also playing that role of director. Um, because there was like no barrier there. Like when Jacqueline's talking to me, like she's not talking to a camera, she's not putting on, she's just talking to her brother David who always happens to have a camera on him so <laughs>
0: hey okay, before i wrap the last question i want to ask is i love the end credits with your dad singing was that when did you make that choice because i love it so much i love your dad singing
1: mm-hmm. yeah you thought you were done loving the family and then yeah. you, hit us, you hit us with that loved it
0: <laughs>
2: yeah no it's you know that song plays twice in the film once when we're playing it acoustically and then in the box burning scene uh the original by sin smooth is is playing um and so if so, the decision to actually include that song um, in the credits actually came after my niece uh, Rhea, was born because he would just go around the house singing it to her, and it, and it's like her lullaby. It, it very much is her lullaby. Um, so um, so yeah, that's that's why th- this song has become so important in our family. Like I feel like over like the past year um especially with with now the babies it just is being their lullaby so we're like oh this would be a really fun like end credit song to to share at the end of the movie and and that's why we included
0: it so it was perfect
2: oh thank you thank you yeah
0: Well, thanks so much for coming on Bitch Talk, David. Um, We've been speaking with David Siv, the director of Bad Axe, which I need to mention, won a special jury recognition for exceptional intimacy and storytelling at South by Southwest. So thank you so much for being on the show. We love, love, love this film, and we will see it on Netflix. I mean, I'm just going to say it right now.
2: (laughs) We'll see. We'll (laughs) see what happens. But uh, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to talk with the both of you. Uh, This was fun.